Chapter Fifteen of The Haunted Hangar by Van Powell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Fifteen A Trap is Baited. Glad to hear you think the hoodoo is busted, Jeff commented. Me, I don't care. I've taken my last hop in that there crate. I'm shaking like a leaf, even now. Why don't you go to your room and have a lie-down, suggested Dick. Jeff decided that Dick had the right idea. Dick watched him go along the gravel path, watched him climb to the side veranda of the big house, pausing for a moment to tell the newly installed housemaid about his recent adventure. I think I'll go get some lunch, observed Larry. Wait, urged Dick, but said no more. Mr. Everdale's cousin, Miss Serena, evidently hearing the voices, came out on the veranda and listened. She's coming out to make over us, as she calls it. Sandy saw the elderly, stern-faced, but kindly lady descend the steps and come rapidly toward them. My, my, she called, coming closer. What is this I hear from Jeff? We had a little trouble dick said somehow the cable for the flippers got jammed but larry got us out of the trouble like a born flyer yes laughed larry after dick guessed what to do so i could work the stick oh i only crawled back to loosen the cable dick tried to make his exploit seem unimportant first time i ever flew around standing on my head he broke into his infectious gurgle of laughter sandy did i look like a frog stuck in the mud whatever you look like sandy retorted you did a mighty big thing crawling out onto that open covering in the wind risking being snatched off or slipping or having the airplane shake loose your grip i agree with sandy miss serena declared it was a very fine thing i think so agreed sandy he gave me one gift for my birthday at breakfast but just now he made me a present of my life he did that for all of us larry put an arm affectionately around his chump's shoulders a very fine thing dick miss serena smiled gently now you had better go and lie down and i'll have the maid bring up some hot cocoa and something for you to eat that is just what i need ma'am sandy told her i think we'd better get this crate into the hangar we'll get the gardener and the caretaker and push it in dick suggested i always get over a scare quicker if i'm busy doing something to take my mind away from it very well the lady agreed i shall have a good lunch ready when you come in she started away but turned back what caused the the trouble jeff calls it a jinx a hoodoo responded dick jeff is silly she said with some annoyance there are no such things i don't know larry took up the argument it is not usual for a cable to jam it might break but one shouldn't get caught i see don't think for a moment lawrence that it was caused by anything but jeff's carelessness because of his fears she went to get their lunch ordered did i play up to you all right larry asked I saw you didn't want to explain anything. Dick nodded. You did just what I wanted, he said. Let's get the airplane in, then we can talk. With others of the new group of servants, they took the craft to its place. As soon as they were alone, Dick climbed up onto the back of the fuselage, 
dived down into the small space while larry waited an agreed signal in the after seat and pulled his chum out great snakes cried sandy then lowering his voice how did that get there dick emerging from the fuselage working compartment displayed a large fat round object the life preserver from the yacht gasped larry how did it get there repeated sandy stunned jeff said dick briefly oh no declared larry jeff is a good pilot he'd never leave anything that could shift about and cause trouble but how did it get there sandy reiterated i thought we all thought it went back to the yacht larry finished his sentence for him it did said dick seriously i know that after jeff brought it in the caretaker in the hydroplane took it out and i've seen it at the stern well this may not be the same one we can easily find out larry hurried from the open hangar followed by his two friends at a trot they went through the grove and down the path after dick dropping the life preserver onto the after seat jumped down as soon as the yacht came in sight they started toward the stern that's queer observed larry i see a life preserver hanging in its regular place this must be another one the one in the airplane dick argued was the one and the one on the yacht was a substitute but why was it put there demanded sandy dick eyed him with surprise suspicious sandy asking that he teased i'm trying not to suspect anybody instead of doing that i try to believe everybody's innocent and nothing is wrong i'm going to let you do the suspecting that's turning the tables on you dick larry grinned sobering again he turned back to sandy i think dick is working out something we may be able to prove he argued i think i see his idea captain parks was the only one who could open the cabin safe he is a seaman and he would know that a life preserver isn't bothered with except if somebody is overboard or in some other emergency supposing that he meant to help someone in america to get away with the emeralds he would tie them to a life preserver and throw them over where somebody he expected could get them agreed sandy with surprising quietness only a woman threw the life preserver dick nodded sandy threw another clog into the nicely developed theory furthermore captain parks was on the bridge at the time that all fitted in dick asserted i am working on the notion that captain parks agreed with somebody not on the yacht to get the emeralds but he made up his mind to get them all for himself so he hid them in the life preserver sandy spoke without enthusiasm making the deduction sound bored and commonplace although it ought to have been a striking surprise an exclamatory statement it would have been larry thought to himself if sandy had made it was the youngest chum jealous of dick displeased because it was not his own discovery that led to the hiding place of the jewels if they were right you thought of the life preserver as a hiding place asked dick sandy nodded where else he argued captain parks couldn't get a better or safer place right in front of everybody and never noticed if the life preserver was thrown into the sea it would be recovered doesn't it get you excited no dick 
Why should it? I thought of it, but I'm not telling all my ideas any more. I'm not peeved, but I mean to be able to prove this before I accuse anybody again. We can prove it. Come on. No need, declared Sandy. I noticed while we were on the way to Maine that a new life preserver was on the stern of the yacht. I saw it hadn't been cut and sewed up, so the emeralds couldn't be in that, or in any other one on the yacht. And when Dick made his discovery, just now I examined the one he found for cuts and marks of being sewed up. I didn't notice any, admitted Larry. Bang! Another theory gone up in smoke. Dick was rueful. All the same, Larry commented. Jeff didn't put the preserver in his fuselage, and Captain Parks could open his safe and no one else knew how, he declared. There are some things I can't work out, and I wish I could. Let's make whoever knows anything, and let's make them work it out for us, suggested Dick. Let's bait a trap with the life preserver. Leave it where it is. Get Mr. Everdale to call everybody together, and we'll tell what we found and what we think is in it, and see what we see. Eagerly, Larry consented. Sandy nodded quietly. End of chapter 15